Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Auto Central, South Africa's number one motoring podcast. My name is George Meany, and as usual, joined by none other than Wandile Sishi. How's it, Wandi? Hey, George. How's it going? Yeah, good and you. Can't complain. You know, country's in a little bit of a a pickle, but uh, yeah. Another well, lo- what else can we do? Another lockdown episode. Another lockdown episode number 2021 scene... 17,000, so <laughs> it doesn't seem to end. Uh, well, yeah, at, at some point it'll come to an end, and um, hopefully yeah. that some point is not in the distant future, seeing as um, maybe the vaccine rollout will uh, will gain momentum. But, you know, we're sitting in the midst of the looting as well, so that seems to have slowed things down. Um, yeah, I actually read an article saying that um, this is kind of, actually slowed down the rollout process now because some medical facilities were actually hit as well. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if people are looting vaccines. Um, if they are, you know, I'll share my number. <laughs> what are they going to jab themselves? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, the end goal was there. Well, you know, I saw but, a video, uh, I saw a video last night where they were looting a blood bank. For blood? I don't know. I've, I, like, why would you want to steal blood? I don't know. Everyone just wants something. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but they, they just anything and everything. Why, the, just take why it. the blood bank? Anyway, we're not here to talk about the looting. We're not here to talk about vaccines. And we're not here to talk about COVID-19. We're here to 100%. talk about cars. And uh, um, this week's episode, we've called the supercar saving episode. So how would yeah. you save when buying a supercar? Um, can you afford a supercar? And uh, should you buy a used supercar? Should you buy a new supercar? So uh, listen intently and we'll uh, we'll unpack some of that and if you have questions type them in the in the comment section and we'll try and answer them and then next martin pretorius joins uh, uh, us to unpack the mighty value provider called the 2021 suzuki swift 1.2 glx and lastly as always we'll be answering some of your questions from our ask order trader platform so let's get straight into it wendy where can everybody find the episode so if you want to find the show, you can always find us 9am shop on cliffcentral.com for the audio that's streaming. Um, but other than that, if you want to see our faces as well and see some of the cool exclusive content that we have on the show each week, pending no lockdown, um, you can also find us on the YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel, which is at Autotrader SA. And then if you want to stream at your convenience, you can also just find us on any streaming service such as Spotify or iTunes Music. And yeah, just uh, if you're watching the show, please don't forget to just uh, you know comment, like, subscribe, of course, and just uh, tell us what you guys think. Exactly, tell us everything: the good, the bad, the ugly, <clears throat> like, dislike. It works. Yeah, we want to yeah. make the show better for you. So, uh, so let's uh, let's do this thing. Um, prices of used cars and in, in classifieds, used cars particularly, can be tempting because mm-hmm. uh, you know used cars are. Like for like, in terms of uh, uh, you know value for money and what you can get in the car, are uh, less expensive than um, than new cars. Yeah. So it's very tempting to go for a used car, and and I would advocate going for a used car. You know, eight times out of ten. Always, yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. much, uh, yeah, pretty much always. If you can get a really good uh, second hand car, you 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 you're in the pound seats because depreciation would have happened already. But uh, um, yeah. it, if you're buying a supercar, though, can this be a time bomb? Can it be a ticking time bomb just because of the price of the bloody thing? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think supercars, depending on if, you know, they've become appreciating assets, because, you know, supercars do sometimes, that does happen. Um, but for, for a large part, a lot of its new car price does go away. And that could be very appealing for a lot of people, including myself, in terms of fast tracking your way into getting yourself inside a supercar, which is the dream. Yeah, I mean, let's define a supercar first. So, you know, I, I just I googled the definition of a supercar, and it seems the the best definition I could find <laughs> was um, um, the obvious answer is speed. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. From yeah, uh, uh, both a, a top speed point of view as well as an acceleration point of view. So, so the the obvious answer would be speed. But, ho- however, there might be something you didn't know, and that there is a hierarchy. Yeah. And the hierarchy starts with, um, um, obviously, you know, your your um, your budget cars, and then it goes up to you know your um, your middle of the range cars, and then cars, luxury performance cars, yeah. and then you get to sports cars. So, um, mm-hmm. sports cars, I would put some of the Porsches in that uh, in that category. Sports cars, um, and then there are supercars. And supercars yeah. are a high-end performance cars, uh, and uh, um, I didn't kind of like put this hierarchy together. But after supercars are hypercars. Hypercars, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's that's where electric energy comes into a huge role when it comes to hypercars, because many hypercars that are coming out. That's the the difference between the supercar brethren. Um, is they'll just slap on some electric motor and then, then the performance just skyrockets to the point where it becomes a hypercar. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I suppose, you know, uh, the, the, the LaFerrari, which I think is a, is a hybrid. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, a hybrid hypercar, yeah. Hybrid hypercar. And it's that quick because of the reason you just, uh, you just explained. So, you know, that's the hierarchy of, of cars effectively is, is you get, you know, the everyday car that you and I drive and, um, luxury, luxury, um, luxury sedans can sometimes be really quick. Um, and then yeah. you get sports cars and then you get supercars and then you get hypercars. So today we're talking about supercars, which are, uh, you know, kind of like middle of the road between a sports mm-hmm. car and a hypercar. So, um, you know, if we've defined what a, what a supercar is, is it a ticking time bomb? And, uh, what's your opinion, Wendy? Do you, you know, can you save, uh, up for a supercar number one? And, uh, is it worth buying? Okay, so, you know, I, I have quite a lot of experience in not owning a supercar just yet. <laughs> so I don't actually know um, how would one go about saving. How many saving, supercars but, have you owned? You know, we did a little bit of research and we did see that there's there's people who um, are on a budget um, who have found ways around this. Um, some of them were terrible, like just get a massive loan. But, you know, that puts you in a pickle later on in life. Um, but others are surefire ways of being realistic with regards to what you can do. Um, but I don't know about you. I mean, you just recently bought a new car, um, which could potentially be considered a sports car. Yes. Um, if not a hypercar. So, you know, what's your, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the, in the hypercar category, although I, I I think it's, I I think it's in the sports car category. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, probably. You know, it's uh, for for those who don't know, it's a Jaguar I-Pace, uh, fully electric mm. um, car, and uh, it's. It, I think it's fast enough to be in the sports car category. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Wendy, but uh, the Jaguar I-Pace is governed to two hundred and eight kilometers per hour. Okay. 
Uh, it can't go any faster than that. So, so it, it, it falls down. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it can go faster than that, but it's governed to 200. Yes, yeah, governed. Yeah. Um, so kind of, it doesn't really hit the threshold of supercar, but in, to, in terms of top speed, but with regards to performance and acceleration, it, it definitely plays around with some of the likes of, you know, the M2s and the M3s. Oh, no, no. I mean, oh, uh, geez, uh, uh, th- th- those cars, those, th- this car, the, the Jaguar I-Pace eats those for breakfast. Um, now, what's going to be the <laughs> comments of M3, M3 owners um, or GTI owners? Nonetheless, we're not here to talk about uh, the Jaguar I-Pace electric car. We're here to talk about uh, a supercar. So I've never owned one, um, yeah. you know, and I've never, I've never really wanted to own one. Uh, they're nice yeah. to look at. Nice to be inside. I've been inside Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and uh, um, you know, I don't know how many how many of you've driven driven inside, Wendy. I've driven one or two Porsches, um, and one of my, I'd say he used to stay in the same area as me. He's a good friend of mine. His father had a Lamborghini, so I've you know been on a. It wasn't a hard lap. It was definitely it was just kind of a straight line, um, and it was. It was insane. Um, it's a feeling that you just don't get used to. Mm. Uh, don't listen to what people say. It's, it's, you know, it, it's definitely a supercar. It feels super. So, yeah. Feels super. Is it worth it? Yes. <laughs> Short <laughs> answers, yes. It feels super. There you go. One day we'll bring a new version of supercar to the table. It feels super. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, everyone dream like when you're, when you're a little boy, you know, I suppose not everybody, but girls dream of, you know, different things to boys and some, so, well, I mean, supercar blondie dreams of supercars all day. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you dream of supercars as a, as a young child sometimes. And, uh, uh, you know, and you dream of owning this Lamborghini and, you know, a lot of kids dream of owning a Lamborghini. So how do you go about buying this thing? So first of all, I suppose, like any other cars, examine your budget, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm so glad we're doing this. Let me just, let me just highlight that. Um, uh, George, I'm Did so you just glad call that me we're Rob? about this because <laughs> I almost called you Rob. <laughs> um, it's like it's not Bob. Uh, uh, Sorry? Like you didn't call me Bob. <laughs> no, I almost said Rob. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I'm so glad we're doing this because honestly, like I, I look at cars all the time, but I've never really thought about like what do you actually consider when you're buying a supercar, specifically mm. a used supercar. Mm. Um, so examining your budget, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, let's wait till the end. So if you listen right to the end, we're going to give you some examples of what you need to earn to okay. – uh, um, uh, to afford these supercars. So examine your budget and, and wait till the end. You'll yes, a little bit more about that. Then, then the next one is kind of like also a no brainer in round every car. And that is research and obtain information about the vehicle. And I suppose in the supercars case, because of the price bracket, it's yeah, even yeah. more important to do this. Don't just assume because something is expensive that it is okay. I think that's the point is, you know, if the, if the car costs three million rand, it doesn't mean that it's any different to any other second hand car. You got to check yeah. out the information on the vehicle. Uh, do check out reviews online. Check out, uh, um, you know, how the car drives. Drive a car yourself. I mean, yeah. we'll get to the test drive, uh, uh, but in a in a second. But you know, what what other information do you think people should obtain? So I think uh, one of the big things that people mistake when they switch from one body type specifically to another one is the limitations in what you can do with that vehicle. So I think a lot of people want a supercar, but what does it mean to actually own one in terms of driving it every single day? Mm. Um, you know, for instance, Porsche is renowned for being a supercar brand where you can daily the car, you can drive it daily. 
um, just because of uh, the, I guess it doesn't brake as much as well as it's more refined to driving in streets versus other supercars, which are extremely low. Uh, the boot space is limited. You can't really, really use it on a daily basis. So it's important to just research what your, um, how you're going to be using the car. Are you going to be dailing it or is it just a kind of a weekend car for you? Dailing it. I like that word. Don't be dailing it. Um, so uh, validate ownership. I mean, I think the important part that a lot of people miss is, uh, yeah. uh, you know, not checking out um, the previous the history ownership of own history. Vehicle. You know, find out whether you you can find out how many owners has this car had, who owned it. You know, some people are not yeah. going to like let you know who owned it, or uh, they want to be anonymous. But I mean, it doesn't make it any any worse. But Try and find out who owned it. Was it a, what is it, was it a, you know, a granny, 80 year old driver of the Lamborghini? Then I'd say buy it on the spot, you know, but if you're a 25 year old driving that thing around, um, it's going to maybe have been abused. So find out a little bit about the, uh, the the ownership and then test drive the car. Um, do you think dealerships will just allow you to go and test drive a, a supercar? I think so. I don't think dealerships have any sort of prejudice with regards to almost blanket. Blanket positioning someone I, I, I who think they is potentially will, inquiring. I, I think they will check you out, though. You know, if they no one hundred percent, but they can't deny you a test drive. That makes sense. Well, if you can't afford to buy the car, or there's indications that you're not going to buy the car, they can deny you a test drive. Can they? Yeah, that's news. Yeah, yeah, of course they can. They own the car. What's they can deny? Yeah, you can't just true. walk into any dealership and go and like, oh, I want to drive that car. Oh, I want to drive that car. I want to drive that car. <laughs> Of course, of course. I'm talking about for someone who has intent of actually purchasing yes, the car. If there's they'll, intent. they'll more than likely, um, you know, say let's let's take it for a spin and see if this yeah. is actually for you or not. Exactly, you know, and then uh, and then and then often more often than not, you, you driving a supercar or even a hypercar, th- that thing is so quick you can you can really kill yourself in it. Um, you know, the ownership yeah. has to be careful. Then uh, review the vehicle's history. I think we touched on this just now a little bit, but yeah. besides the previous owners, uh, you know, what would you review in the vehicle's history? Okay, so. Before I unpack that, there's something that's quite important to understand with regards to specifically hypercars and, and, um, as imported cars, um, is that the vehicle history and ownership is limited to almost entirely the OEM. Um, so it's important that you don't just do an online check out, but traditionally also just go and speak to the OEM, um, speak to the person who's owned the car and see what they know about the previous owners. Cause you may be a third, um, owner yeah. of the vehicle. So, it's really just doing proper due diligence and understanding who has owned it um, from the OEM as well as any sort of information you can get because it does become limited the more rare the vehicle is. Exactly. And then uh, uh, complete the transaction, um, I suppose, is, the, is, is one of the next steps. And that is, um, you know, it's more than just paying and shaking hands and walking away. It's, uh, you know, proper paperwork needs to be done, documents handed over. Make sure the transfer of ownership gets done properly into your name so that, uh, so that you can actually prove that you own this, uh, this supercar. Mm. You know, you're paying millions of rands for the car. Uh, make sure that you actually own the car. So, um, with that being said, it seems like owning a supercar then would be pretty similar, um, to the process of going about buying any other vehicle. Um, I think a lot of people are scared by one, the price, but mm. secondly, just the daunting aspect of, am I somebody who can actually, I mean, you know, do I have the status to own a supercar? And it, it's, you know, clearly the case is no, anybody can really do it. 
Well, I mean, let's uh, uh, let's unpack that a little bit. And uh, you know, if you if you're earning a twelve thousand rand a month, and uh, uh, you know, you'd be able to buy a car for around about a hundred thousand rand. While on the other mm. end of the scale. Um, to buy a car of three and a half million rand, you'd have to earn almost four hundred thousand rand a month to 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 own a car or finance a car at three and a half million rand. So um, you know, and 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 this is assuming that uh, people are going to spend no more than twenty percent of their gross monthly income um, to finance mm-hmm. the car, and no more than thirty percent of their income um, financing their home. So you know, the, the, what the financial institutions are looking for is uh, is affordability, and that affordability yeah. goes to well. Well, the repayment on the car shouldn't be much more than 20% of your gross income. And then if mm. you do have a home loan, that's also going to impact uh, the ability for the bank to push the boundaries of that 20%. And they're going to look to see that you're paying no more than 30% of your gross income on um, – uh, uh, on your home loan, um, um, you know, and uh, and what we've assumed here is a zero percent deposit and uh, prime plus two, which is uh, probably a little bit uh, on the high side, and five year mm. finance, where you can get longer finance periods. So, uh, yep. so what cars can people afford? What price brackets can people afford on what salaries in that particular scenario? We we said right at the beginning we're gonna we're gonna address budget. Yeah, so I think it was quite interesting once we had this information. Um, we did a little bit of digging on AutoTrader to see what supercars are available, um, kind of in the mid-range. And we found that the first one, Aston Martin Vantage V12, for instance, the S-Coupe, which is a 2015 model, um, which costs about $1.9 million, you need about 230000 rand per month. Uh-huh. Assuming all those assumptions have been yes. met. Yes, okay. Um, so it's still quite pricey. It's not... Um, Something that a lot of people, I, I believe, at least um, earn in South Africa, um, but that's definitely something that I would consider <laughs> fuss around that advantage. Pressure. Well, let's run through the list very quickly. So we said that three and a half million rand car, you need to earn about four hundred thousand rand a month. Two million rand yeah. car, you need to earn about two hundred thirty thousand rand a month. A one million rand car, you need to earn about one hundred seventeen thousand rand a month, and a nine hundred thousand rand car, you need to earn about a hundred thousand rand a month, and then it, and then it drops from there. Six hundred fifty thousand rand car, you need to earn about a seventy three thousand rand a month, and a five hundred sixty five thousand rand car, you need to earn about sixty three thousand rand a month. Uh, below five hundred thousand, a four hundred fifty thousand rand car, you need to earn at least fifty thousand rand a month. And a 420,000 rand car, you need to earn just under 50,000 rand a month. And then it drops to, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to buy a car for 300, just under 350,000 rand, you need to earn around 40,000 rand a month. And then if you want to buy a car for 220 odd thousand rand, you need to earn at least 26,000 rand. So I hope that gives you an idea. We will, we will put, uh, uh, that table out on social media and maybe in the description below, uh, where you can see what you need to earn in order to buy yourself a Supercar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, if you go to finance it for about five years, um, a used supercar, you need around two hundred thirty thousand rand per month for you to be safe. Um, given that your home loan, um, as well as your um, your gross monthly income doesn't exceed the 20% for this vehicle that you're purchasing. Exactly, exactly. Well, that brings us to the next uh, uh, piece, and that is uh, we are going to um, bring our expert (laughs) journalist, Martin Pretorius, in to uh, come and uh, review the 2021 Suzuki Swift 1.2 GLX. How's it, Martin? How's it, George? Nice to be back. Hello, Wandy. 
Hey, how's it going, Martin? Good, thanks, man. Good. Martin, we were just talking about uh, supercars and uh, uh, the 2021 Suzuki Swift 1.2 GLX, uh, I'm assuming, is no supercar. It's definitely not the supercar. <laughs> uh, the closest it gets to super is it's a super mini. Uh, okay. And uh, no reference to my to my surname. Um <laughs> the, the 2021 Suzuki Swift 1.2 GLX. Um, let's first of all, Martin, what is your first impression of this car? Okay, first impression, walking up to it, I thought, wow, this looks good. Um, this test car was white with a black roof, and the, which is actually one of the new color schemes that they've added with this last facelift. And it actually looks really, really good. It looks more upmarket than it actually is. Two-tone. I mean, two-tone used to be a thing in the 80s, right? Yeah, two-tone used to be a big thing. Uh, this is a little bit of a different application, but I think it takes inspiration from, well, aspirational cars like the Golf R and the like mm. with the black uh, panoramic roofs. Mm -hmm. So this is like a, a budget way of mimicking that appearance, and it really works well with the Swift styling. Interesting. Stuff. So the two-tone you're saying is the roof is kind of a different color to the rest of the vehicle. Yeah, there are three different options um, in terms of uh, dual-tone colors. The other combinations are red and black, so red bottom and a black roof. That should look quite blue nice. blue car with a white roof. Now, I've seen that one as well, and it looks quite funky. What, the blue with the white? <laughs> blue with a white roof. Okay, I would have thought black with uh, red with black looks better than blue with white, but uh, maybe seeing yeah, it in the well, flesh is a different it's story. It's actually nice of... I, I just I just think it's nice of Suzuki to actually offer some real funky colors and yeah. nice, cool color combinations, especially in a car that that competes in the budget segment. Can you can you have the same color? Can you have one color, or is it only oh, two can. tone? You can. You okay. can. Um, but why but would you, George? You yeah. gotta you gotta live. You gotta live. I don't you know. know curious. Have you ever seen a supercar in two tone? <laughs> uh, I've seen oh, stripes, <laughs> which are different colors. <laughs> so how does it drive, Martin? Um, exactly the same as the current third generation Swift has driven since I think 2018. It's a 1.2 liter with a five-speed manual gearbox. Uh, it's not a powerhouse, but it weighs next to nothing. 875 kilograms oh, means wow. that that little 1.2 liter engine actually gets it moving quite smartly. Oh, that's very interesting. So, so if you say it drives exactly the same as the previous model, is this just a facelift? This is such a minor change um, that Suzuki actually calls it the minor change in their literature. <laughs> okay, so okay, if it ain't broke, right? There's no need to yeah, fix exactly. it. And the last one was, so, was phenomenal. So what they do is they took a solid base and then they made it look a little bit nicer with a different grille and new alloy wheels and the different paint schemes and so, and so on. But crucially, they improved the equipment levels specifically mm. on the safety front. Ah. Okay. So mm. that's where Are we gonna, comes in. Are we going to get a Swift model of this vehicle? Because I know the old Suzuki Swift was the Sport was um, was amazing. So uh, are we going to get yeah. a Sport yeah? Well, the Sport has been out for, what was it now, two years already. Um, I actually drove it at uh, Red Star Raceway at mm. launch, and it was, like the old one, an absolute bundle of fun. But it's a 1.4-liter turbo. And it's yeah. quite a lot more expensive than the even the stop spec 1.2 GLX. 
Mm. Mm. Okay, so so if 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 this is really just minor changes, as Suzuki and you put it, what what is what is the price difference? The price difference went. Oh, the price went up by about five thousand rand. Oh, okay. So the price uh, is, hasn't is, increased that much. No, it's not that much, and it's actually in line with the general periodic uh, price increases. So mm. essentially, Suzuki decided to make the Swift a nicer car without charging more for it in real terms. And it's and safer. The nice is some of these upgrades actually carry through to the bottom of the range models as well, such as mm. the new stability control system. You wow. get that even with the base spec 1.2 GA, which has almost nothing else, but at least it has stability control and it costs less than 180000 Huh. Yeah, I mean, you did say that this versus some of its competitors, you're looking at you know, almost 50% less price. Yeah. So let's look at some other 1.2 liter um, competitors. The Opel Corsa, for instance, the new Opel Corsa and the new Hyundai i20, all open with naturally aspirated 1.2 liter engines, neither of which can actually match the Suzuki in power or performance. And they cost about 40% more without oh. offering this comprehensive level of standard equipment. And if I can go through the list quickly of the things you get with this car. Uh, where's, there we go. Keyless entry, push-button start, climate control, high-resolution color touchscreen infotainment system with full smartphone mirroring, a rear-view camera, electric windows all around, wow. central locking, air conditioning. There's a lot of toys you get for well, your money. Well, I mean, so, so I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Martin, but I keep seeing – is it the Suzuki ad I keep seeing with the guys on the horse next to it? I, I think that's the Grand I-10 ad, the Hyundai. Is that the Grand I-10 <laughs> ad? Because it – well, maybe we – you know. But, uh, but I mean, that, that, that ad kind of like what – you, what you were just saying now is like – Everything that is in that ad, I think it comes standard. It yeah. comes standard. It comes standard. So it sounds like the Suzuki Swift comes standard with everything too. Yeah, especially in 1.2 liter GLX format like this, um, less than 220,000 rand gets you all of this. And I mean, many of these features you'd have to pay extra to get them in a large car. Yeah. So it's extremely well equipped at the price. I mean, it's priced. Um, it's less expensive than an entry-level Ford Figo. Yeah. But it has so much more as standard. And now that's a large part of the Suzuki Swift's appeal um, mm. across the range, but especially in top-spec GLX like this, mm. is you get everything for small change. Lovely, lovely stuff. So what, Martin, would you give the Suzuki Swift 2021 1.2 uh, GLX at a score out of 10. I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. So it beats um, the I Opel Corsa. I had to deduct points for a few things. There are some bugbears with this car. It's mm-hmm. not really suitable for high-speed driving mm. or freeway, high-speed freeway cruising. Why would you um, want to drive a little car like that at speed? Sorry? Why would you want to drive a car so small at high speed? Well, I mean, high speed, like 140. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're putting your, you're putting your foot through the, through the floorboard. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, so there's a little bit of an issue with high speed stability, and that's to do, I suspect, with the Indian specification suspension, 
which again on the other hand is offset by extremely comfortable ride quality okay so mm. i think that's more important for a car of this nature yeah definitely what does score at points um the two strongest suits extremely comprehensive standard equipment and superb fuel efficiency i mean i drove this car like i stole it oh wow <laughs> which still kept me within the limits most of the time. But it nonetheless returned 5.7 liters per hundred with the aircon running all the time. I've, you never see this with any other car. Well, uh, you know, the, 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 the last car that, uh, um, you know, got that kind of, well, a slightly, slightly higher score that fits into the, uh, the hatchback category um, was the electric golf, the e-golf, which got an eight out of ten? Um, you know, so so if you if you're saying that this little Suzuki Swift, which is only 199,000 rand, I just looked on AutoTrader.co.za, um, only 199,000 rand for a 2021 model. Um, uh, you know, you you you're kind of, and I think yeah, you put it uh, well. Martin put it well, and that is uh, it punches above its weight. Yeah. And I can also confirm um, over the last few years, I've actually put numerous of my personal friends behind the wheels of Swifts. Okay. Um, well, they bought Swifts at my suggestion. And across mm. the board, they cannot stop singing their praises. Wow. So it doesn't just impress for a week, it impresses for a few years of ownership. And I think that counts for a lot. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to go and uh, uh, read more, watch more of uh, our expert journalist Martin Pretorius's uh, work and opinions on uh, various cars, uh, multiple Swifts, uh, go ahead <laughs> to autotrader.co.za and uh, go to the news and review section and um, you'll be able to find all Martin's uh, work and, uh, and opinions on, on these cars uh, down to feature, trim level, depreciation, and uh, our expert journalists spend countless hours inside their four-seater office, sometimes seven-seater offices, uh, um, bringing you all of the expert reviews and news on these cars. So thank you very much, Martin. Appreciate you, uh, you joining us, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great show. Cheers. Thanks, cheers. cheers all. Well, there you have it. Uh, what do you think, Wendy? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. If you're looking for a first car or a car for a loved one or your child, then the Swift is, it seems like it, it you know, it ticks all the, all the boxes. Well, let's move on to our last piece, and that is uh, Ask Auto Trader. So every day, people send Auto Trader motoring-related questions, all things car buying and selling. And now, Wendy and I will attempt to answer some of those burning mm -hmm. questions for you. What's the first question, Wendy? Moving swiftly along, pun intended, the first question comes from Faslin, who's asked, <laughs> I would like to buy a car, but don't have a license. Uh, before Will we I get qualify? to the answer to that question, Wendy, uh, a super, super car, <laughs> and moving <laughs> swiftly along, you're, you're on the money today. Uh, I missed that question totally. What was it again? So if I don't own a license, can I still buy a car? Well, firstly, uh, Faslin, uh, you don't own a license. You uh, you have the luxury of having one. Um, so, you know, you can't, I don't think you can own a license. Uh, you can own a car. Um, but the, the short answer is uh, you don't need a driver's license to buy a um, and register a car. Uh, although if you finance it, I'm pretty sure that the bank is going to, yeah. uh, you know, frown on it. But you do need a license to drive one on public roads. 
So I'm not quite sure why you're asking this question. And if you want to drive illegally, don't do it. Um, so go ahead and buy the car. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you're just using it as a centerpiece somewhere, then fine. Buy it and, uh, and, and look at it. But uh, you do need a license to drive a car on the road. So I hope that answers your question. Next question. 100%. Next question comes from Luigi who's asked, I earn, let's just say 6,600, um, but they don't have a pay slip. Is it possible to get a car? Uh, well, um, to minimize risk, uh, Luigi. Um, ah, Luigi. He's, a, he's an <laughs> Italian Luigi. Uh, to minimize risk, <laughs> most, most above board financial institutions are going to demand or require proof of regular income. And the, law, the, the, the days of just buying, you know, providing bank statements with, uh, with income is, is, is long gone. I mean, anybody can fake putting money in the bank. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and cycle money through accounts. So uh, the, the banks are going to require uh, probably up to six months pay slips. And, um, and so you have a, you're going to have a little bit of a hard time and uh, the ability to get finance is going to be difficult or limited. And we'd suggest rather saving up and uh, putting a big deposit down and uh, where you do have a payslip, um, you know, or try and get payslips, uh, then provide mm-hmm. that to the bank to finance. So um, there are non-official loan providers or micro lenders. And uh, generally, uh, the the interest rates and service charges from these micro lenders are very high. So I, yeah. I, I would think twice before I went to a micro lender, but they do micro lenders do have a place in the world. Agreed. Okay, last question comes from Shorts, who's asked: Can I trade in a VW Polo Comfort Line one liter twenty twenty year model that is still being financed for twenty sixteen double cab Ford Ranger? Uh, well, shorts, and uh, I see that's spelled S-H-A-W-T-S, not shorts as in the shorts you are wearing at the moment, Wendy. Um, uh, shorts, you can indeed uh, trade the car in and finance it for another one or even an older year model because I see it's 2016 uh, double cab Ford Ranger you want to buy. But, um, uh, you know, you bought this car probably a year ago, the VW Polo Comfort Line, chances are, I mean, because it's a VW Polo Comfort Line, chances are it's going to have held its value pretty well, but you're still going to have lost money through the first year's depreciation, and chances are your loan wouldn't have kept up. Um, So it would be a little bit of a detrimental move to trade in the VW Polo right now. Um, You can do it, but my sense is you're going to lose money. Understood. That's all I have for you. Is that all you have for me? That's that's all the questions. <laughs> How's Hamilton doing? Well, we'll find out next week. We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out next week. He's still second, um, but right, right now, not so great. <laughs> he's still he's still second on the on the championship, right? Still second. Just signed a three-year contract, so you know. Still with Mercedes. Still with Mercedes, uh, not going anywhere. Thank heavens. Well, it's been epic, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And uh, my name is George Mini, as usual, uh, joined by Wandile Sishi. And we will see you next time. <laughs>